I'd like to invite you along the Camino with me. I'm Holly Brock, and welcome to the playful ponderings of my particular pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. The long walk home. Just when I thought I was truly finished, that my pilgrimage was complete, something dawned on me which changed everything and put a skip in my step because I'm invited to continue in love on the long walk home. Having headed north from Finisterre two days ago, I now found myself nearing Mushia, which marked the end of my pilgrimage. As I wandered down to a beautiful little horseshoe beach, I joked to myself, why would anyone spend so much money to have a home on the beach? Yes, I was not only talking to myself, I was preparing to actually crack myself up. So now I'm repeating the joke again, out loud, no, seriously, why would you spend the extra money to buy a house right on the beach? My joke was complete with the pause, then the punchline. After all, you can always just walk there. Now, you have to understand that this is the kind of humor that makes sense only on a journey of this distance. Because it was true, I had just walked to the beach but it was also true that it had taken me five weeks and over 500 miles to get there. At this little beach, I sat and stared out into the water. It was one of those stares where even though my eyes began to burn, I'm not sure I even blinked. I was so transfixed. I sat stone still for some long moments, literally unable to tear myself away. I've heard that in the last moments before death, you see your life play out before you like a movie. I think that, considering this really was the end of the Camino for me, I was letting the life of my pilgrimage play out before my eyes. With every wave that washed onto my feet, I felt extreme exhaustion washing over me and extreme gratitude flowing out of me. With my feet in the sand, I smiled again at my joke of walking to the beach sighed because I really had walked over 500 miles to get here, and shouted, I'm finished! Then it struck me like a ton of bricks. My triumphal feelings of finishing the Camino de Santiago were followed by this realization. This was not the finish line for the ancient pilgrim, as there were no trains or cars or airplanes when the pilgrim of old got to the end of the trail. Guess what? When they got to this little beach, they faced more walking, and not by a little. What I was experiencing as my finish line was the ancient pilgrim's halfway mark. It meant a long walk home indeed. Take a minute to let that sink in. The original conception of a pilgrimage had this baked into it. The end of the trail, whether that be the cathedral in Santiago de Compostela or for me, the west coast of Spain, was in no way the true end of the pilgrimage. It marked the end of the way there, but the very beginning of the long walk home.
what if this place that I saw as my triumphal finish line was in fact the halfway point of my pilgrimage? What if I now faced the long walk home? We have become so accustomed to modern transportation that the majority of modern pilgrims on the Camino de Santiago see arriving at Santiago de Compostela or Finisterre as the completion of their pilgrimage. Few consider literally retracing their steps as the way to get home because we just don't have to. How profound to realize that it truly has been just in the last 100-ish years that the standard notion and scale of the pilgrimage has actually been chopped in half. Yet this was the reality of the pilgrim of old. The only way home was to turn and start walking back. Which makes me wonder, what if on a pilgrimage the way home is just as important as the way there? What if it is retroscopic, that we live forward, but only begin to understand it by looking back, or in the case of a pilgrimage, walking back. Oh my groceries, what if we really are shortchanging the process? And in terms of the typical modern pilgrimage, compared to the original experience, we are cutting it exactly in half. What could we be missing? This is a difficult concept for us living in this current era. Our modern mindsets value accomplishment and efficiency above all. We value accomplishing a particular goal, like reaching this little beach, so much that everything after can feel rather like a letdown. And heaven forbid the inefficiency of having to undo something we've just done, like retracing the many miles you have just toiled to cross. But could a pilgrimage be different? If a pilgrimage is inherently less concerned with accomplishment and efficiency, could it be a chance to experience life through different lenses, to trust the story that will be told along the entire way, the way there and even the way back? To put it in terms of the Camino, that the pilgrim knows it is not until one arrives home that the journey is over, so that the act of retracing the very path one just walked is just as important as the way there. It was then that I had an existential and literal turning point in my life. I decided that although I was only half of a mile from Mushia, where I had planned to lay down my pack and unlace my boots for the last time, I would instead turn and begin the 500-mile walk back across Spain and over the French border to St. Jean Port where I had begun over five weeks ago. My resolve was pilgrim strong. Yeah, baby, I'm going to walk back. And my resolve remained strong, and my step sure. That is until I began to see things in a different light. Because I began to see this journey back where I started, kind of like a third cousin once removed from Newton's third law of thermodynamics where for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Sure, it made logical sense. The journey from my home to here requires a journey from here back to my home. What is cool in thermodynamic theorizing quickly started to seem more just like a whole lot of wasted energy, though. It felt like I was Susie in one of those word problems that says, if Susie walked 500 miles then turned around and walked the same path back 500 miles, 
How far will she actually have traveled? Check my math, but I'm pretty sure 500 minus 500 equals exactly zero. Even if the way back has equal significance as the way here, the whole thing still begs a question. And this question was threatening to suck out the lifeblood, not only of my return journey, but from the whole pilgrimage itself. I tried to shoo it away like the colossal mosquito it seemed like. I tried to hum so it can't form up in my brain, but I can't help it. The question asks itself, if this is a zero-sum game, what's the point? I stop in my tracks and look around. Did anyone else just hear that? I noticed I had gone a full mile back along the Camino. I had gone a full mile back when I had this next existential turning point in my life, which, you guessed it, led directly to another literal 180-degree turn, where I'm now heading back toward Mushia, where I would, indeed, lay down my pack and unlace my boots for good. Because I had just walked a pilgrimage, and I had learned enough to know that, even though sometimes on the surface life seems like a zero-sum game, it is much more than the sum of its parts. My sisters and brothers in love wrote a story for me for my 40th birthday. It's titled The Banquet. It is a story about a little bunny named Holly who has an adventure on her way to the king's banquet. The bunny is an interesting choice for a main character because she is not particularly smart or strong. In fact, she is very much like the bunnies we are all familiar with, rather meek, but I've heard a powerful definition of meek, which made me so glad that she was the main character and that her name was Holly. What if meek means having the right amount of passion about the right thing at the right time? Now that's a quality that makes someone into a force to be reckoned with. No wonder Jesus blessed the meek. But back to the story, because This is not the main reason I'm bringing up the bunny at all. Truly, that part was merely, yeah, I'm going to say it, a rabbit trail. What I really want to say about the story of the bunny is that although it is a story about the king's banquet, it is also about her journey to it. Something about the journey was inherent to the banquet. A profound part of the story is the scene where, although all of the other guests had already arrived at the king's banquet, the king refused to begin. The castle buzzed. Who is he waiting for? Well, the king was waiting for the little bunny and her friends. They mattered to him. But the king knew something else, that their journey to the banquet mattered as well. He knew that the journey itself was preparing them for the banquet. In fact, it seems that one of the requirements to attend the king's banquet is the journey to it, because the journey matters. Is this why we go on our journeys? Not just for the going or the coming back, but for what happens along the way? Life is like a journey, and might, in fact, be one big going out and coming back. And there might be a reason for it. Because with a little skip, I wonder, 
if we are making our way to a banquet too? What if the journey of life is the journey to the banquet? And therefore, just like for that bunny and her friends, this journey of life is a preparation for that banquet. What if the king is even now making all of the preparations, but also patiently waiting for us as we journey there? Because we matter, yes. And he also knows how much the journey matters. There's a song by the Proclaimers released in 1988, which is arguably the decade of the best music. Can I hear an amen? It's titled, I'm Gonna Be. I would often catch myself humming that tune as I walked along the Camino de Santiago. It's a catchy tune indeed, but it's the lyrics that dawn on me now. Well, I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more just to be the one who walked 1,000 miles to fall down at your door. This, my friends, is no zero-sum game. All of us are invited to the king's banquet. All of us just might be journeying there now. As I walk these last precious steps, I walk straight through the colorful town and directly to the end of the peninsula on which Mushia is nestled. I climbed to the tallest point of the rocky hill to the foot of a stone cross. There, I unshouldered my pack, sat down, and ceremoniously unlaced and removed my boots. Thank you, Martha, my boot, for reminding me to do the work. Thank you, Mary, my other boot, for reminding me to rest and listen. Then, for some long moments, I sat watching the wild Atlantic water, the birds wheeling around in the brisk wind, and the sun getting lower on the western horizon. I pictured my husband, our old white house, and all those I love somewhere across that expanse, and thrilled to think I would be back with them soon. But I also paused and gave thanks that all of that is part of my long walk home to my true home and to my king's banquet. I take a deep breath and shout, I'm headed home, Lord, headed home.